everybody. Welcome to Marketing Ideas That Connect. This is a show that builds your online brand, and I'm your host, Gary Bolt. We are produced and sponsored by the digital marketing agency, Famous Digital Media. You can visit their website at famousmedia.co.za. They offer turnkey online marketing and brand management services centered on the principles of inbound marketing with a focus on paid campaigns and content. So welcome to episode 127, 127. These episodes are published monthly and aim to bring you value in the digital marketing and business space. So we do sometimes slip in a, another episode here again, depending on what's going on in the month. Uh, if there's something that we think will help our listeners, we publish. If we are running around seeing customers, then we just keep it to once a month. So good to chat to everybody. I hope you enjoyed the last message where we spoke about a clear brand message and what it means. So today, I touched lastly, last week or last month, I touched on our CEO Academy. And this is just a part of, uh, we do marketing consulting and obviously we're part of the digital um, agency. But this is so, I really enjoy this because, you know, as we get more senior in business and we've, we've walked the path and taken some punches and had some success and really got to understand the world of business a little bit. And I think mostly about the ability to deal with people and how to lead a team. Because if you want to grow anything from a digital agency to any business, you've got to be able to lead teams work with people and actually get the best out of people so as part of our consulting offerings that we've been been offering for many years we've we've started a ceo academy division and we already have five people that we're mentoring it's between my partner from rating rewards they deal a lot with putting um, reward programs and rating your staff doing assessments um, and we partnered with them on this project. So we offer together between rates and rewards and our consulting company, Bolt Projects, we're offering the CEO Academy. And, you know, we always like to make a difference out there and see how we can impact people's lives. And I think if you, if you help a leader, especially to grow from middle management through the ranks and suddenly they become a general manager or a CEO or become, you know, get onto the C-suite or let's say they become a director. And there's very different responsibilities in becoming a director or from general manager level upwards. There's a very different, you know, you're answering to the board. You're answering sometimes to a chairman that's disconnected to the business, to non-executive directors. You've got to deal with reporting. You've got to deal with their KPAs. You've got to understand what's important to them. Obviously, they want shareholder value. But you've got to protect your team. You've got to protect the business, the brand, all those things we talk about. But... I think it's a very different way of thinking from being operational at the coalface. You know, we, we talk about the story of a big boat going along and if you're sitting in the engine room, you know, throwing coal into the engine, you're not really going to be seeing where the ship is going. You know, that type of analogy. And especially, you don't even touch the wheel to steer the ship. You actually, be, be, are you able to be strategic? So there's always someone between you and the work and you're able to think freely and look ahead and see What's coming? You know, are you going to get into trouble? What's 12 months down the road? What's the competition doing? Now, if you're at the coalface, 
and you're working hard and you've got your head down, you're not going to see things coming and the, the, you're gonna, the business is going to get into trouble. So we talk a lot about the thinking behind becoming more senior. As you rise up, you, you see further. You know, we talk about not everybody's really happy with you when you become senior. You know, it gets a bit lonely at the top sometimes. So there's certain attributes that we've, we've actually got a list of 21 attributes here that we believe a CEO should have. And part of our mentoring course, we have a, a phase one, which is a four month mentoring course where we actually help people that are being promoted or especially if they're acting GM or CEO, we help them just to get the reports right, the way they deal with people, the meeting strategies, uh, how to deal with finance, read a P&L, how to understand the balance sheet, what to look for if you're in a leadership position from, from your conversion rates and sales down to every area or pillar of the business, just to get a really good understanding about are you moving the needle? What do the shareholders want? How do you report monthly, quarterly? You know, we look at a business by year. What is your balance sheet going to look like? Are you going to have a meeting with your accountant to discuss tax? Are you going to plan? Is the accountant, your legal people and your accountants, are they strong? Are they part of your network? Uh, do they really help you, give you the right advice? Who are you putting around you? Are you putting people around you that take you up? Um, who are you associating with? What books are you reading? What are you focusing on? So th there's so much that goes into becoming a leader. And I've seen, you know, through the years of business where we've led big teams and we've also promoted people, you can promote a very good manager, for example, a, a regional manager, and make him the leader or give him some shares and make him a leader of a branch. And it's, a, it's chaos because... You know, he used to go and sell, and now he's got to focus on P&Ls, which he doesn't understand, and no one's taught him, and no one's really helped him. Now, how does he, does he know, does he understand how to put a CR together? Does he, does he know how about a monthly executive report, a three-month report? Can he sit in front of the shareholders? So, you know, once you start entering the boardroom, it becomes a very different way of thinking, a different way of planning, and a different way of understanding and listening from between your staff and the board and the customer there's so much going on and once you get into a leadership position you're responsible for everything there's no there's no job spec per se to say oh you've got to just focus on this or maybe just focus on that and yes you focus on what's necessary if you look at your PL and you look at your ratios of spend and what your costs and gps are then if there's a red light or you're out of the parameters or out of the lane, you've got to really focus on what's on what you require to focus on or what the business needs. But what about the culture? There's so many soft skills apart from hard skills. Are you improving your skills? So there's so much. And we've seen it over the years as we've helped people to be promoted into C-suite positions, into general manager positions. We've helped them and we've actually brought it into our consulting business, you know, with partnership with Rate and Rewards with Brenda, who's the CEO of that business. And we help companies to move staff around, look at your organogram, look at your costs. And, uh, you know, if people are hurting your business, they've got to go. And it's not negative. It's actually protecting the rest of them. You know, you've got to protect your culture. They always say, it, you know, culture beats strategy every time. So how are you improving your culture? How are you setting the temperature, you know, as a leader? Are you be if you're becoming a leader, what, do you, what, are you, what is your plan? What is your, what is your message? So it's so important, you know, are you going to go international or where are you focusing? Do you understand your customers? Have you met your top 10 customers? And uh, so this is this, this, in this show, we're going to talk about the 21 attributes of, you can call it a member, we just call it a CEO, for example, but any senior person that's answering to the board, 
and or possibly a director or shareholder. So, you know, what are you supposed to do? What are the attributes? Is it is it for you or not? I think, you know, some people that oh, you can all become leaders. No, I, I don't believe that. I think you you're pretty much born a leader. You can you can improve your leadership skills, but if you're not a leader and it's your weakness, then don't make someone a leader where they don't want to be or they're really good at a specific skill like coding or like building something and then you make them a leader and they're not doing their passion. They've take a great copywriter who loves what he does and make him the CEO and there could be a problem. It's too quick. It's going to be chaos. There's, there's no, you know, the pathway is not set. So I think, you know, let's, let's just go through the 21 items. It won't take long and then we can just get an understanding of, of, of how a CEO has to think and uh, I believe our academy, our CEO academy, there's a landing page, um, there's, a, there's a website, you go to Rating Awards website, it's on there, partner with them. So there's, there's some information I'll show you, give you at the end and put on the show notes. But, you know, what are you supposed to do if you, if you want to promote someone or you yourself are being promoted? What, how, what, do you, what tools, what, how you got to think? It's a different, totally different way compared to what you used to. And, you know, I, I've asked people, have you ever led a team before? doesn't matter what age usually it's it's guys under 40 or under 45 maybe we're dealing with guys from 25 to 45 and uh, you know have you ever led a team before and they say no and um, you can't learn this really you can you can learn it you can read the right books but you can't go to varsity and learn how to lead a team and just make sure whoever's teaching you or mentoring you or teaching you about this has actually led a team before and our in our leadership structures, you know, between Brenda and myself, we've led a lot of teams, up to 900 people. So if you've never led a team of 50 people or 100 people or even 10 people, then I believe you need the right counsel. And find someone who's done it before and then see how well they did and what they did and you can maybe learn from them because we learn from each other. And, uh, you know, it's like sales. Make sure someone has sold something before you before you go and learn from them. It's a joke in one of our boardrooms. They say, well, can you sell, bro? Like, have you really sold something or have you just had a course and now you're teaching everyone how to sell? But anyway, just make sure, you know, someone has walked the path before they lead you on a path because it's just, I believe it's just necessary to have to have been there before and then you can speak with more authority and, and actually understand when you get when you get punched down and how are you going to deal with that? How do you deal with aggressive unions? How do you deal with dismissals? With when when 30% of your top line revenue gets cut uh, with a recession, for example, 2008 or the mining strikes? How do you deal with with that? How do you look? How do you understand and protect your GPs, the rules of GPs and your net margins? How do you how do you set rules for that? And what is the target? And then your variance reports on your PL. Are you actually running it like that? And are you building that team around you? You know, the first thing I tell a leader once they get promoted is, are you, you know, who's your team? Don't just inherit a team, but build your own team and move the positions. Who, what are their strengths? You know, everybody's got their own style. One, one style may not fit everybody. How are you communicating regularly to understand the temperature of the custom of, the, of your staff and looking after them? And um, there's just so many things. So anyway, let's start. 21 attributes of a CEO. First of all, they must be driven. Whenever we're going to promote or we ask to help a company, I ask the candidate, how badly do you want this? 
And if the candidate isn't, if his eyes don't start shining and he doesn't pick up and say, uh, this is what I want. I said, you want it as bad as you want to breathe. Because if you want a leadership position, you're entering a whole new world. So that's the first one. Are they, are they driven and what is driving them? What do they want? What is the core purpose or the core reason for, the, for them being driven? Second one is you must improve, be prepared to improve your skills and don't say the company has to pay or it's got to be in work time. That's a wrong answer. So are you improving your skills? Many times the work we've done or the diplomas we've gone back to study, I went back in my 50s to study and I had to study every night and every weekend and write exams and get through textbooks. So the minute someone says it's got to be in work time or you've got to pay for it, wrong answer, you pay for it yourself. If you want to develop your skills, you better uh, do something about it consistently, plus read the right books. Number three, build your network. I think without a professional network, it's going to take longer, it's going to be more difficult. So who is in your professional network? And uh, do you, how often do you meet with them? Have you got a mastermind group, like a group, a boardroom group? Find someone senior, find someone who's done better than you. Meet with them regularly, build a small group. We've got a group of eight people, eight business leaders that we meet every month. And I must say, it makes you think, it pushes you because we always have say, what is the commitment for the next month? What are you focusing on? So that professional team, you know, you become like the five people around you, true story. So who are you putting around you? Be careful that people don't take you down. I've seen it. I understand it. Uh, while people were in the pubs drinking, I was studying. I know what it feels like, but that's I'll make a decision. So the next one is vision and influence. All the John Maxwell books talk about have a vision and have influence. If you can't influence somebody with an idea and have a clear vision about where you're going and influence that vision, then you're not really a leader. And you must also decide. Don't get forced into a leadership position if you're not one because you're going to hurt yourself and the people around you. Take Next one is take responsibility and what are you investing in? What are you focusing on? But I think take responsibility for me is number one because the minute a GM or a, a senior person says, no, it's not my responsibility, there's a big red light that goes on. You take responsibility for everything. Otherwise, you're not really a leader. And never, I, heard, I hear some leaders talking about, look what I've done, and that's an old story. It's actually not, there's no ways. If you build a decent team around you to create something of value, you give credit to the team, you never take credit yourself. So it's never I, but look what we have achieved together. And actually, when there's a good thing that's happened, you give all the credit to your staff. If something bad happens, it's your fault. It's a way of thinking. Whenever we stand up, we say, look at what we've achieved. Look at the people around us, how they've helped us. If they're the wrong people, move them out. But never I, always we. Be a good listener. In meetings specifically, always talk last as a leader. Always listen and understand. It's like, you know, the Germans call it blowing off your powder. Let someone blow their powder off. Let them say what they want to say and, and listen, make notes. Always have a notebook always with you. Absolutely always. Never go to a meeting without a notebook. Be a good listener to me is a skill that I still, I think I'm still learning it because when I go and see a client, I've got to listen more. I've got to maybe talk 20% of the conversation, maybe that much, maybe less. Especially with the team around you. Remember, it's about them, not you. So therefore you listen, guard, because you're not going to do the work they are. 
So it's a totally different skill. You are not the hero in the story at all. Then the probably another top one is the ability to deal with people. Can you deal with people? Number one skill. I don't care how many degrees you have, and we need people with degrees. I'm not putting them down. But that's not going to help you in your ability to deal with people. And that is to influence, to sell, to come up with an idea, to steer the conversation, to listen. And the ability to deal with people right up there in the top three. Next one is build a team around you. As I've said, what are their strengths? Are they the right team? You may have to move people around. Like whenever a, a, a senior person gets involved, they move their team, they move their cabinet, they move their senior managers. Not everyone will like you. Not everyone will be see your vision. Some people have to go. You may have to promote and be careful how you promote. The next one is structure your meetings. Structure your meetings and how are you going to communicate? Are you going to have a a set the temperature meeting every morning? Are you going to have a sales meeting every week? Are you going to have a board meeting once a month, once every three months? So I think how you structure meetings and communications and design your agendas and checklists, very important. Next one is know your capacity and your total addressable market, which is your TAM, T-A-M, total addressable market. That relates to your capacity. So if you've got a capacity of a thousand units, whatever those units may be, what is the addressable market? What percentage of the market do you think you have? And it's never going to be accurate, but if you look at your quote conversion or your proposal conversion, that may be able to give you some direction. But your existing capacity, whether you're a service company or you're a product company, how many products do you need to sell? And that brings us to know your numbers. What is your break even? How many products do you have to sell to pay your direct costs and your overhead costs? And obviously your GP. What is your, the rules of GP? Usually it's to get the product over the threshold of your door in your office. That will be your cost total cost to company GP if you're selling a product. But know your numbers and know I've got to sell a thousand products or so many hours or so much consulting to be to get my head above water. We always talk about being in a code red situation where you're underwater, you can't breathe because you're making a loss. Very difficult. What's your runway left? Who's going to invest in a loss-making company? Very difficult. I've been there when we started companies. Tough place to be. Um, and what is your... So in other words, yeah, what is your break-even? When are you going to go into profit? The next question, the next item on this list is can you deal with hard conversations? I was with a client the other day and he said that is one thing that he wants his staff to be able to do. Now, we always talk about the difference between tension and conflict. Tension is healthy because we honestly want the same thing. Conflict is not good. But don't be scared of it. Be able to raise your voice and have tension and be clear about what you want to achieve without getting personal. So hard conversation is very necessary. Not everybody wants to have a hard conversation. So... Be careful if it's tension or conflict and train your top staff on how to have a hard conversation and get over it. The next one for me is important is to get fit and become an athlete physically. So, you know, I've always been involved in martial arts and, and it's just been something that's really helped me and CrossFit and gym and it's just something that I think we talk about sharpening the axe. So if you're very unhealthy and you have unhealthy an unhealthy lifestyle, then 
it's going to impact your thinking and your decision-making ability and the way you manage by walking around, the way, you, the way you do your business. So get as fit as possible. So join a gym, get out and even if you walk, if whatever you do, do something to be active because you're the example and people will look up to you as the leader, especially when you're in the C-suite. Get as fit as you can, get as strong as you can with what you have. Never quit your sport or sit around and do nothing. It's really dangerous. This is probably one of my most important things is are you fit, are you an athlete, are you an example? Because if you're unfit, you won't have the energy and your strength. Now, you always say, pray for strength and wisdom because your strength is your joy. If you're not strong enough for the task, it's not going to be very joyful. So that's one from my side. The next one is speak life. Have faith and have hope. If you're alive on this earth, there's hope. If we don't have faith, we're going to be negative and it'll look, it'll, you'll see it on your face. And what we say is speak life. Find something positive. Not everything sunshine and roses, but find something positive and speak life because if you want to sell more or grow a business, it doesn't help being negative and saying we're going to grow if you have a negative attitude or frame of mind. So speaking life is quite important in my book. And then become a good project manager. You know, a project has a start, a milestone, and a finish. You get a critical path, you get a non-critical path. So when there's a project, whether it's an R&D project, a new product, a launch, doesn't matter what it is, treat it as a project. Who's responsible? Do a timeline. Who's going to be on this project? How do you define success? So project management is really part of it because if you can't get anything done, you're also not going to be a good leader. Next point is live your brand. Know your CR. As we say, know your numbers, know your marketing, know your corporate identity to protect the brand, and know your brand so you can see something that's out of place in every area of your business. Next one is be able to present ideas and sell. We touched on this already, but can you present, can you influence, can you sell your product or service? You should be selling to the corporates and do the biggest sales in the company. That would be a good leader. If you're not doing the biggest sales, there's something wrong. So you should be able to be involved in the big sales. Go and see the corporate clients. Smooth out the way and be an example. The next one is set the temperature. Be consistent. Uh, leaders don't have the... Uh, we don't have the luxury to come in and have a bad day and it's difficult because sometimes we do have bad days and we, the face, our face shows it. It's very difficult, this one. But walk around, have a smile on your face, have energy. You set the temperature every day. If you walk around with a bad attitude and push people around and swear, so will everybody else. If you walk around with a positive attitude, look after everybody, it'll be a culture that you set. It's a tone, it's a temperature. The next thing is, just the last two here is... This is, a bit of, this is a difficult one where it's the ability to be alone because sometimes you can't be everybody's mate and not everyone will like you. So the ability to be alone, it is a tough one and it's something that, you know, at the parties you can't stay to the end because, you know, tomorrow you may have to discipline someone. So once again, they behave, everyone behaves and mirrors your behavior. So you've got to be able to on occasion be alone, go and think. And not always be the center of the party. That's just, the, that depends on your style of leadership. You can be charismatic, very good, and you can lead, but just be careful that it doesn't get out of hand and you, ha you are able to be alone, from my experience. And the last one 
is probably you know, also a very important one is the ability to build systems and procedures so others can run on it. And Waze used to say, in the one company I led, we're going to build rails for people to run on. If you read the book, The E-Myth, they talk about this, where if you take someone and put them into a system, a checklist, a procedure, a KPA, and they, they run it, and they run it well, there's a lot of good people out there that can follow orders, that can follow and understand, and, be, and look, you look after them and reward them. So if you build systems and help people to run on them and give them the tools and the training, they come to work and they know what they have to do. So building systems is building boundaries. Everybody's, there's no duplication of activities or work. So there's, there's clarity on what everybody does and everybody knows what to do. So that's our 21 attributes of a CEO. And um, I think we've lived by these over the last oh, many years, many years, over 25 years we have. And it's, it's really helped me from leading a lot of people We've had teams of 500, 900, 130, and it's really helped in looking after, the, looking after people, treating people well, and leading them well. And there's, you know, it's, it's, it's not always tangible. It's a thinking, it's an attitude, it's an attribute of if you want to become senior, there's a bit of a price to pay. And as you get older, you want to be in a senior position so you can have more decision-making power and more freedom, you know, if you're a leader and you, you don't want to be at the coalface, you have more freedom to think, uh, more freedom to have a strategy, to, to look at building value, to put sweat equity into a company or build your own. And always have the attitude of, as you know, if you're leading a company, think about it as your own. What decision would you make? You invested. So I think that's where we are and that's, that's where we're going to end today. So thanks for listening. We're going to finish with a uh, acronym of, the acronym today is what I've said just now, it's T-A-M, TAM, and we hear a lot about it in uh, marketing podcasts, we listen to and other marketers we, we have meetings with, and it's the Total Addressable Market. So for more episodes, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes, you can just search for Marketing Ideas That Connect, and if you enjoyed this episode, you can give it a comment, a like, and you can help us share it. You can follow us, you can follow Famous Digital Media on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. To read more about this topic, you can go to their blog, just go to Famous Media blog. We'll put all the links and we'll put all the information on the show notes and uh, it'll be great to get some feedback from you guys. So until next time, stay hungry, think big, and honor God. <laughs>